0: Mark Stitz and his family with us. We appreciate them being with us here tonight. Amen. All right. If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. (coughs) Page 338, if you have a Schofield Bible. You have a Schofield Bible. Page 338. put your finger there and turn over to Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6. Philippians chapter number 1 and that is page uh, 1257. Keep your finger there at, at 1 Samuel 17. We'll go back there in just a moment. Philippians chapter one and verse six. Let's stand together, and I want us to read verse six together. All right. Philippians chapter one, verse six. Ready? Here we go. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just one verse. So let's read it together again. All right. Here we go. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we pray you'll bless the reading of your word. Bless the service tonight. Thank you for the good singing. Thank you, God, for your goodness and mercy towards us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You'll be seated. In 1 Samuel 17, the Bible says, beginning verse 33, And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, he a man a war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, And took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. See, and he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, now the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. If I had a thought, it would be this conquering faith. Conquering faith. Many people like living on the edge. They like the adrenaline rush of being extreme. Well, let me just say, if you're one of those people, walking by faith is truly living on the edge. There is no further extreme than living by faith. Doing something because you believe God told you and you trusted him to provide. That's extreme. I've met a few people who've never had to live by faith. Me and Rodney's met a few people that's never lived, had to live by faith. But I understand real quickly what it means to live by faith. Amen. And it gets extreme sometimes. (coughs) But one of the things we need to understand about faith, and that is this. It's not just doing something for God. It really comes down to knowing something about God. Hebrew writer said this, that without faith, it is impossible... To please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Of course, the first step of faith is trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen? That's the first step. But can I say this? God, that's just the beginning. It is the desire of God. That all of our faith would continue to grow and to increase in the things of God. You'll find that he said in Philippians chapter 1, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but hallelujah, God will finish what he starts amen. amen how many of you remember when Jesus saved you by, your, by his marvelous how many remembers that hallelujah he started something in you and he will finish that that he starts so we find here now God gives us all a measure of faith in the beginning to trust him and to believe him We we don't come naturally with that God gives a measure of faith. But what we have to understand is that the struggles and the issues of life is what God uses to increase our faith. They're not there to defeat us. They're there to lead us to victory. Hebrews 11 is a a chapter by faith that passed through the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, the prostitute Rahab was not killed. And then the Bible goes on to say, And what shall I more say of Gideon, Barak, and Samson, and Jephthah, and David, Samuel, and all the rest of them. But it was a faith that grew to becoming a conquering faith. So we find that David here in 1 Samuel 17... In First Samuel 17, God here is going to give him a conquering faith. But don't miss this. It's not to kill the giant. It is to mold him into being a king. Killing a giant was just on the way to becoming a king. God's got something bigger and greater in David's life than just killing the giant. Others will kill giants, but David is going to be a king. Amen? Amen. David is on his way to becoming a king. And so, there's five things David did. Five things David did in this story that helped him to understand conquering faith. Now, let me just stop you. Time out. Time out, everybody look this way. Time out. If you don't have faith, you'll live in fear. If there's anything this world is feeding today is fear. And too many of God's people, when Goliath says, boom, they run. God doesn't want us. Living in fear. God wants us living in faith. Hallelujah. I don't want to live in fear. Now there's a few things I'm fearful of. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I will ask the Lord why He even created a dog. Amen. Me and Him to have a discussion about why He even created such an animal. But I'm fearful of dogs. And I'm trying to overcome it. But it ain't working too good. All it takes is a bark, and I'm gone. <laughs> and then these people. I just love these people. Oh, oh, that's just a big baby. Here comes a pit boy. It's on a chain. And it's trying to get out, yanking, get to you, and growling. And it's just a baby, by my foot. What's baby about that? What's baby about that? And so we find. So I'm fearful of, of some things. But I don't want to live my life. What, little, what, what life I have in fear. I want a faith. But I don't want a mediocre faith. I want a conquering faith. And David tells us how to get it. First of all, first thing he does is this. Recall past victories. David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear and took the lamb out of the flock. And I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and I smote him and slew him. I laid a heart on him. It's what he done. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. Boy, here's what he's just saying. How many of you remember the time that God done something for you that nobody else could? How many of you remember the time God provided when there wasn't nobody else to provide. How many of you remember that? Boy, we, we need to write those things down. Amen. How many times, how, how many of you remember when God answered a prayer and He it wasn't, it wasn't the one of these me down to sleep praying. Amen. It was serious business. You had to have God to do something. And He did. How many of you remember a time like that? Praise Amen. God. Some of you have got jobs that God has given. I I love this. Everybody says you can't get a job. Kelly did. Amen. Amen. Others of you have gotten a job. You know what? Well, we need to remember those past victories that God... That's what David said. Oh, Goliath is standing up there he said, Send me a champion. And whoever wins, the other crowd will serve them. David said, Who is this? Uncircumcised, blisting, cussing my God. And all of a sudden he goes up to Saul. By the way, Saul should have been out there, but he wasn't. He said, Man, you just little boy, you're just a youth. What makes you think that you can win? Here's what he said. He said, well, let me tell you about my past victories. Why? One of the things that I watched our church down through the years... I've watched God bless. I've watched God do. I've watched God add people. I've watched God take some out. Amen. I've watched God move and work and do some things. And you know what that does? That tells me tonight, hallelujah, He's still on the throne and still able to do just those things. Visitation don't work. But somebody forgot to tell, watch that. So he goes visiting yesterday and a young man and a young lady trust Christ as a Savior. Oh, it still works. Remember those past victories. Do you remember when God met you in an important time in your life? Do you remember when your children made the right decisions and He met with us? Do you remember when he needed direction and he gave guidance. Oh, don't miss this. Every step, God is teaching you to trust him a little bit more. And sometimes we fail to recognize those steps that God gives that leads us to the victories that, we, that he has in, down the road for us. Everything God does, He does to mold us and, and to grow our faith. See, we, we, we tend to forget that. We tend to forget when God answered that prayer. Then, when the next trial comes, we're all to pieces because we have forgotten that God is still on the throne. Oh, my goodness. I just praise God for that. So number one, recall past victories. Mark them down. Write them down. Write them down. Record them. Put them somewhere. Because our tendency is this. Is to forget. Is to forget. Is to forget. Our tendency is to forget God's good in the midst of the bad. I preached a message to the first of the year. In the dark, tell me again. For John the Baptist is discouraged. He's in prison. Go find Jesus and see if he's the one. Here's what Jesus said. He said, you go tell John. The lame are walking, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing. You I said, go tell John, just remember everything I've been doing all this time. That's all he needs. Remember past victories. Number two, don't miss this. Reject discouragement. It's chapter 17 and verse 33. Saul said to David. Now Saul's the leader. This is what He said, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. He a man of war from his youth. Here's why he said, Man, you you, you just can't do this. You can't do this. You just can't do this. He's, He's his leader. He's supposed to be his friend. When he gets on the scene, his brother said, What are you doing here? Why don't you take care of them little sheep you've got? Oh, you just you just want to sit about the war. Wait, he discouraged him. Don't miss this. Discouragements are going to come. Now I would to God I could tell you they didn't. They're not. They don't come to every one of us. And and many times, and most of the time, they come from unexpected sources. But it's part of the nature of the battle. It's part of the battle. There'll always be people who tell you, you can't win. You can't do this. You can't live for God. Well, there's young people. Young people. that They, they don't believe. You can't live for God in school today. You can't live for God. I going to tell you something. We've got to reject discouragement. Because it'll come. See, you're not strong enough for this battle. And you don't realize the size of the giant you're against. And you don't have enough experience. And you're not smart enough. And you're not this. And you're not that. And God, I reject discouragement. You'd be amazed at the people that in a moment of discouragement... Make a life-changing choice right in the middle of it that will affect them for the rest of their life and make the wrong decision. So reject discouragement. Number three, recognize the nature of the battle. Verse 26, David spake to the men that stood by him and said, What shall be done to the man that killeth this listing? Taketh away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He should defy the armies of the living God. Verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. Here's what the nature of the battle is this. He realized the battle was really God's. It's the name of the Lord that's being challenged here. And the men of Israel are taking it personal against Israel. But can I just say, the battle you're fighting is not personal. It's not, it's spiritual. And the weapons that we use, we just give place to the devil. That's the reason we need to pray and fast. Because the weapons we're doing working are not carnal, but are spiritual. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The person around you, get a hold of this, is not your enemy. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we got to fight the battle with spiritual weapons. I mean, what we use is not working. So we got to use spiritual weapons. First of all, we've got to battle with prayer and fasting. Now fasting is not to get God's attention, but it's to get your attention. Here's why. We are driven by so many... Physical physical desires. Are you listening? We are driven by so many physical desires that when you discipline your body and use the time to strengthen your spiritual life, you'll become stronger. You become more confident. And you'll be able to hear His voice speak. Praying and fasting is not to get God's attention. It is to move us from that which so consumes us. Let me me illustrate this way. Turn of the century. During the great Reformation time, The great revivals came on the heels of the Depression, 1930s. And one of the reasons that great revival crossed our country was this. Ironside, some of these great preachers would go into a town and they would set up a tent. And it was in Depression-era time. Nobody had no money. Nobody had nothing. They set up a tent. And they would go because it's somewhere to go. When they got there, God the Holy Ghost would show up. Amen. And begin to convict. But when they left, they had no money and nowhere to go. They didn't have nothing to steal that seed away. So they'd go home and try to go to bed. And the Holy Ghost of God just grind them out. There was nothing to steal it away. So the next night they'd go back again. You know why? Because they wasn't nowhere else to go. They wasn't nowhere else to go. They wasn't nothing else to do. So whenever, after two or three nights... Praise God. God started moving lives. People started getting saved. God started moving because there was nothing to steal it away. Take our service tonight. Instinctively, when we leave here, we'll go home and there'll be some type of noise almost immediately invade our minds. which it's TV, radio, computer games, whatever. Almost immediately, when we leave a service, we're bombarded with noise. Our mind, when we leave, starts thinking about, I'm going to go to work tomorrow. i got to do this. i got to get that done. Everybody, when service is over, what are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? When are we going to eat? What is it? Almost immediately, even after the Word of God is preached, everything we do afterwards steals it away. I won't do this, but I'd almost guarantee you this. I do challenge you. I challenge you. I double dog dare you. Everybody takes a dare. Husband, ask your wife, right when you go to bed, honey, what did the preacher preach on tonight? Wife, ask your husband, honey, what did the preacher preach on tonight? Better yet, won't you go into the room where the kids are and say, what did the preacher preach on tonight? No, better yet, let me ask you, what did I preach on Wednesday night? What about last Sunday? What about last Sunday night? The point I'm making is not to put you in a place and make you feel uncomfortable. Here's what I want you to do. Devil's doing everything he can to steal the Word of God from our hearts and our lives. And praying and fasting moves out of that for just a little while and says, God, I, I want you to, we need you to do something for us and for our church. God, I want, and I don't want you to start with somebody else. I want you starting with me. Right here. Draw a circle. Get in the circle and say, God's in revival in the circle. Ask God to do something for you. Playing and fasting is that that moves out of that, it, it segregates that time to where you can do that. You say, man, preacher, I. Never done that. y'all too. y'all too. y'all to give it a try. number two, we've got to fight the battle with the power of his word. in Matthew four three through ten, Satan the tempter takes Christ and begins to tempt him, and here was the Lord's answer through all of it. It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, for it is written gave angels charge. For it's written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It's written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God in him only. So recognize the nature of the battle. Number four, respond with a confident, a positive faith. 1 Samuel 17, 46. Here's what David said to Goliath. This day, where the Lord delivered thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know there's a God in Israel. Use your words to encourage your faith. Are you listening? Use your words to encourage your faith. Yeah. I when I worked in a factory, if I'd get in a would get in a in, in a in a fix, they had a little black woman worked over in the, the other department, and those uh, posters give her a hard time, and when, the, when they start giving her a real hard time, she'd start sick. I mean, she just starts singing. And I mean, she would just sing. And that was her way of dealing with it. Oh, I want you to know, when times get tough, sometimes all you can do is say, Jesus, 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 something about that name. Devil hates it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But it works. Your words can encourage your faith. Too many times, we do this, and if we're not very careful, our words can start stacking on us. What do you mean by that? All right, let me just uh, let me just show you. Okay, I use our young people in our church. Man, I just tell you, I'm having a hard time at work. And I had so and so so and sorry state treating treating me right. And 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 then and then you want me to pray and fast and you're stacking. You are stacking. Do I do that? you do that? Boy, it's hard at school, but I'm gonna believe God help me. I'm going to get up in the morning and say, God, i got to go to school tomorrow. And it's hard. And God, if you don't help me, I, I need your help. Please help me. I'm going to get up in the morning and say, God, I'm, I need your help. And then it stays just one thing. It stays just one. you do not giving it to God. So when the next issue, somebody ain't treating me right. Okay, God, let, let me... Lord, uh, you said, you said, if if I've got a problem with somebody, I'm not with somebody, you said for me to take that, put it on the altar, and and leave my gift and go to them and make it right. If I can't, but if I can't, God, I'm just going to pray for them. Then it becomes singular. And then when the next thing comes, it's singular. Our words... Our words. Kind of like the fellow. He ran out of gas. He's two miles from the service station. And it's hot. He's walking. He says, he's going, no, I'm out of gas. He's going to charge me too much for that gas can. He's probably going to charge me too much for the gas. When he walks up, he says, what can I do? He slugs him. He says, I know he's going to charge me too much. (laughs) That's what we do. Our words can encourage. David said, hey, hey, big boy, come here. I'm going to cut your head off and I'm going to feed you to the birds. But I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. He's going to lay a whooping on you. Get ready. It's coming. Our words. Don't miss his. Look, look this way. I really want to help you tonight. Don't let your words... Don't, use your words to build others... Not to tear it down. All of our young people, I want you to look at me now. All of our young people here, listen to what this preacher's trying to tell you. If you ain't got something good to say about somebody, would you shut up? Keep your two cents to yourself. If your words cannot build someone, then for God's sake, don't use your words To tear down someone. And words are powerful. We are destroyed. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words won't hurt you. Biggest lie ever told. Biggest lie ever told. Words do hurt. I mean, see that commercial. talks about words hurting. This man's a ride on a horse. He sees that word and knocks him off the horse. I love it. I love it. (coughs) Words are destructive. Don't you listen to me now? Look this way. We're not gonna have revival. We're not gonna have revival. God God don't send revival. While we're spewing out a poison that's destroying somebody's character. And, and boy, God's convicted me of this thing. I, I guess I'm just going to be about as transparent as I can try to be tonight. Well, I, I've, I, I've, I've said some things uh, and, and boy, God's really just wore me out this week. You just shut up. Just shut up. If I've got something to say, He said, won't you find you a stump somewhere and just pray for him?" It's hard to run somebody in the ground while you're praying for them. That's tough to do, Amen. And so, don't let our words be that that tears down. Because what it does, now not you listen? Are you listening to me? What it does, it tears you down, not the person you. Because when I hear that stuff, I'm sitting here thinking. Man, what are they said about me? What if they don't agree with me? What are they going to do? I'm just, just trying to help you tonight. Respond with a positive faith. Don't be pessimistic in our doubting. I, well, I've been I've been reading this and praying. If any of you like wisdom, candidate. Let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not. That word upbraideth means he won't call at you. And he shall be given him. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. He that wavereth like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Number two. Have a place where you encourage your faith. Have a place. In Matthew 14, and when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain part to pray. When evening was come, he was there alone. That's the Lord. Have a place. Find your place. Find your place. You know what's really big wonderful? Is find your place... And everybody that drives you crazy, that you disagree with, that you don't like, or whatever reason, find you a place and pray for them and leave it there. And ask God to change them and help them. I'm I'm going to move on. You, if you don't ever learn this, you'll you'll never get help. There's just one person in this world, you can possibly change. Just one. And guess who that is? Who? 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 That's it. You're never going to change someone else. But I've got a God that can. I've been trying to change Jimmy Drum for 20 years. But God's doing a pretty good job of it. Even though he may not think so. Respond with a positive faith. Then join with other believers to encourage your faith. Then last of all, rely totally on God. Then said David to the listing, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But David said, Here's what I'm coming with. I'm coming to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. Remember, it's not your battle to fight. It's not yours. David just slung the stone. God directed it. God gave the victory. Not David. And God desires to give the Being confident, of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. God ain't set us up for defeat. God's setting us up for the victory. And God, Romans eight thirty seven. Nay, in all these things were more than conquerors through him that loved us. Here tonight, do you need Conquering faith. Five things. Five things. They're not difficult. Recall past victories. Reject discouragement. Recognize the true nature of the battle. Respond with a positive faith. And rely totally on God to give it. That's all stentor of